0: This is an Area Code podcast. This episode of Table of Malcontents is brought to you by Useful Group, the best digital marketing agency in the world. That was a good radio voice, Dave. Dude, that's what I got, man. But I'm telling you, they are awesome. They're full service, social media, advertising, rebrands, design, websites, strategy, as Debbie would say. They've done a lot of good work with us at Lifeway, in fact. I'm telling you, man, you got to check them out. So they can help you, your business, your church, ministry, with all these things. Just go to UsefulGroup.com. That's right,
1: UsefulGroup.com. You're listening to The Table of Malcontents, where Aaron Armstrong, Dave Schrader, and Joel Miller talk about the books they love and a few they really don't to help you be a better reader. Hey, everybody, welcome to today's episode of Table of Malcontents. I'm Aaron, and with me, as almost always, is Dave. It's a great 2020, folks. Man, it's so good. Our first
0: podcast to record actually in 2020.
1: That's true. That's true. But you guys wouldn't know that because that's the magic of (laughs) timed releases. So, uh, (laughs) but coming at you in 2020 from 2020 are Dave and Aaron. Present. that's right that's right this. you know um well last time we talked though you you had a confession you had you had made some good progress on your your goals for the year you had already you had before 2020 even started you were on track you were ahead of the game and then you fell off the rails what, what happened what are you
0: reading for your reading, reading goals goal? yes no, I'm doing. I'm on. I'm okay, feeling. Good. I feel good. Okay, no, I'm good. great. All right. No, no, no. Hold on. I achieved my goals. <laughs> All right. I did. All right. I I set a goal for sixty books. I did yeah. seventy. Oh, there you go. Now this year, I think I'm like sixty-five. Is the goal nice? Here's nice. the. I'm never going to go above that. Okay. I'll tell. And I'll tell you why. Tell Here's, me why. Is because. I'm just not smart enough, as Aaron or Barnabas or our guest here will introduce here in a second. That's true. No, here's the thing is, I just don't think I can take on that much more and actually mm-hmm. absorb and enjoy the content. I feel like that's my mix. I mean, in the okay. reality, fifty-two books a year is probably my sweet spot. But I, mean, I, I get good... in a mode where I'm like, okay, I want to read more. I just do. I've got seven books going on right now. Well, and there I, you know. I feel okay about it. There you I will fin- the problem is, I'll finish them up like all at once. Like right now, I will finish three books in the next day. Yes, an audiobook and two physical books. And actually, maybe three because I've just been going through them over the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and I'm going to finish up. And it's going to look crazy on Goodreads. Like I just manipulated my 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 goal. So yeah.
1: I'm doing all right. I'm all right. almost three in. So. Well, that's good. That's yeah. good. There yeah. you go. There you go. Well, I I have a confession to make. I did right. not meet my goal. You didn't for 2019. Really? Ooh, I was at a hundred eighty-six. Really? hundred and twenty-four out of hundred and thirty. Okay, I, I failed. Do,
0: do, does, what does Goodreads do to you? Do they like send you a message? Shame, like shame, pure, pure shame. shame. Pure shame. Like a big, it's middle, the only a big time finger they've finger
1: ever email, tweeted like, me directly, and it was just like, "Hey, what? What the heck? All right, what come the, on, what the heck? Get it's it the together, Armstrong. Canadian thing you can never do. Come on, oh well, yeah, oh, well. So, but uh, speaking of getting <laughs> it together, you know, um, <laughs> this podcast. This podcast, but we got some stuff. We got some stuff to discuss because we got some feedback from a listener and I respect this feedback. Do we know this listener? I do not know this okay. listener. At oh great. All. Wow. I do not this this comes from the magical world of Apple Podcasts. This is a this is a listener review, everybody. Okay. This one says fun, encouraging, but too crude. Too crude. Wow. Too crude. Okay.
0: All right, so listener out there, whomever you may be, we're not going to l- put your name out there, right? I'm looking well, at Aaron Glenn. Glenn, hey, that's Glenn. his first name. <laughs> Glenn, here's <the laughs> I deal. won't give
1: his. I won't give his last name.
0: Glenn. No, I understand. So, Glenn, if you're referring to the random bleeping going on from uh, uh, from said producer of this podcast, that's uh, true. Uh, Aaron Armstrong of Canada. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, then then I, I think all we can do is blame it on him. But, well, well, but here's we can the deal. certainly blame Canada. Crude, That's true. I don't know. Um, I, I may say maybe you don't know what really crude stuff is. So <laughs> I consider <laughs> this pretty that. tame. I could go a lot uh, further, there's but, uh, true. but there's not to. There's more here. Oh, there's more? There's oh. more. Oh, yeah. All right, Glenn,
1: by all, all means. All right, so Glenn says that uh, this is a super encouraging podcast for readers. Uh, he loves the fun banter, but the cussing is totally unnecessary. I know it's not the biggest deal, but I guess I just expect edifying speech from Christians. Okay, wow. Well, okay, Ow. that, that, that's, that well, hurts. It does, uh, it hurts a little bit.
0: Now, but when, when, which episode was, is he referring to any episode? He probably was is this referring the to those days.
1: One, the, <laughs> I'm this... sorry, yeah, now I have to bleep that out too. But, Thanks so much. What? But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, why can't I call it the Barnabas days? Oh, it's fine. It's fine. It
0: was a year of it was it was like 1968, 69. Like, it was, yeah, a, it yeah. was wild times, it was, it was man. Crazy. I know. Come on. crazy. Right. All right. You were wearing well,
1: multicolored bathrobes. Gl- <laughs> yeah, it was exactly. Amazing. Yeah. No, uh, but uh, well, what, Glenn, Glenn,
0: point taken. We yes. will, 2020 in the spirit of resolutions, we will aim. We can't guarantee for this to be a little less crude, but we do sure. want it to be edifying. And oh, Point taken is. As Christians, yes, we do but, need our words to be seasoned with salt. Yes. Right? That's true. And, that and sometimes
1: our words are salty. They are salt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're yeah a little yeah, salt. Yeah. yeah salty now, salt. Now I will say this is a this is a this is a peek behind the curtain for our listeners. Chances are about fifty percent to seventy five percent of the things you hear bleeped out are not real. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Yes. For those. <laughs> for because, Dave, it's percent Because what happens <laughs> is, and, and this is going to be a lead in to introducing Joel Miller. So, uh, so I will, uh, Joel, I, I will like do review, listen to the pod. Aaron does all the editing and he's awesome. And we're very grateful for that. Um, all of us, meaning me at this point. Yes, uh, yes. No, but I'll be like walking the dog and listening. Because I just kind of need to stay refreshed. <laughs> what do we talk about again? Uh, he'll do show notes. So he's great about that. But then I'd be like, dude, you why are you believing me here? Like, I did not say that. <laughs> and then we get Glenn commenting yes. and thinking we all have foul mouths. So, and I mean, uh, really, yeah, and I mean really, of the two of us that are still on the show, I have the foulest mouth because I'm Canadian. Because you're Canadian. you're. But it's a very nice way of being foul. So oh, that's all that matters. Thank you. All right. All right. Well, we're going to go straight in. You heard me kind of casually mention Joel Miller. Um, so before I hear Joel speak um, – Joel is an old friend of mine, and when I started in publishing, Joel and I were working together from day one. Even though he'd been in publishing before I had, um, which we want we want to go into. But Joel is absolutely one of my favorite people I've ever worked with. I miss working with you, Joel. I mean Ditto. that. Ditto. Even when we worked together um, at that other publisher, uh, we can talk about it. I don't know why. Lo- they're not sponsoring our show, so they're we can't not, talk. No, they're not. We're not talking um, No, we love them. So, no, it, this was days <laughs> on the other side of Nashville. That's it, right? There you go. Yeah, that's days right. Yeah. Uh, no, no, but it was great. It was a lot of fun. And so – and I'll, um, but Joel at that time was our publisher for – we, well, we worked on a handful of things, political books, business books, right? Uh, culture, yep. history, Biography. like every genre that no one else wanted to publish at Thomas Nelson. That's just pretty much that. how it works. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But everybody, here's the thing. If you ask any of the salespeople, they would say, even though they felt like there's a lot of Joel's books they couldn't sell, <laughs> they always had the most fun in Joel's meetings. So I figured, take that for a win. Yeah, you know?
2: I, I do and did. Yeah, yeah. that's
0: yeah. it. So... But no, uh, Joel, it's it's great to have you on the podcast, man. This yeah, is fun. I'm so
2: Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes. Mm-hmm. I have
0: asked Joel, uh, I asked you a while ago, I said it would be great for you to come on. Aaron did not know Joel, but I said, trust me, this would be fun. Um, that but, remains to be seen. Well, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. It's, we're just getting started here. Um, well, but, it's
1: already more fun than it would have been. So, okay, yes, yeah. wow. yes, yeah. um, well, that might have been an insult, Dave. That, that's
0: <laughs> wow. Okay, I'm just gonna roll with
1: that one. So, uh, we're gonna Joel, have a business meeting after this. Uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> are we really? Okay, that's good. Uh, <laughs> we are gonna have a business. <laughs> yeah, we are. That's right. Um, Joel is the chief content content officer at Michael Hyatt, right? Correct. Yeah, Michael Hyatt and Company. Michael Hyatt and Company. So, which. Uh when I was in Nelson, I worked under Mike, so did uh, so did Joel in the past. Uh Joel can share a little bit more of kind of what that connection mm-hmm. looks like. I'll let him do that. How about sure, that? Yeah. But uh um uh, but also uh my better way of introducing Joel, uh along with him being a, an uh, an amazing husband, an amazing father of five five, 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 kids, five kids. Wow. Uh one in the past year added on in the mix, which yep. is a story in itself, but I'll let Joel do that. Um Um, but also a very accomplished author as well and an amusing one. So I'm going to read off Joel's books that he has written over the years. And if this isn't a bio in itself, I don't know what is. So I'm going to start with this. When I met Joel, he had already published the following books. And I thought, good Lord, who am I working with? His first book was called Bad Trip. It was about the war on drugs about marijuana and the debate of legalizing it as yeah. well. Okay. All, all drugs,
2: really. All yeah. drugs,
0: all drugs in general. So mm. he's a good libertarian, folks. Yes, yes. he is. True fact. <laughs> mm. uh, but then you went on to write Size Matters, yes. which is about… The size of government. Size of government, which… And uh, its impact on the pursuit of happiness. Oh, gosh. Wow, yeah. that's good right there. Especially importance kind of important. It's in the Declaration. Mm-hmm. It is. Canada, you should pay attention here. Um,
1: yeah, and by the way, if well, you have any… Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you should. Well, Socialist Canada
1: can has its own problems. So. Soviet Canada. It's all fun.
0: Wow. Yeah, it's that's fun. pretty harsh well, right there. You know. My favorite thing from the Size Matter campaign was not my idea, but it was someone else in the marketing team who produced uh, um, rulers. Rulers. Um, that just said Size Matters. <laughs> Which to this wow. day is my favorite uh, marketing item. Uh, I cannot claim credit. I won't name this, the person, but it
2: was genius. This, can Did we that th- can, happen.
1: can we bring that in to something that we do here th- in the future? The Size Matter Award? Uh, size so. Matters <laughs> Award? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Joel, wow. You're you just inspiring everybody. Right here, right there. Okay. All right, you took a more serious and thoughtful turn by writing the yeah. revolutionary Paul Revere. Th- those mm-hmm. two books were serious, yeah. just yeah. to be clear. they were. They were. Yeah. Uh, they. they are, they're all serious. Yep, they're, yeah, yep. they're all serious, right there. Okay, um, which is all about Paul Revere, which is fun. So yeah. that was when you were publishing a lot of history books, and it was certainly a lot. But
2: I figured that was a uh, one of the people that during that founding era that's kind of like unrepresented in the mix of bios that people see in and around but everyone kind of knows the name he probably deserves a treatment absolutely I I love it I love it
0: Um, and I have uh, walked by and been in his house many a time in Boston right on yeah me too party time um uh, and then you, I know you edited it with Kristen Parrish, but The Portable yeah. Patriot, which uh, users, it's a, certainly, it's it's a lot of government documents, Constitution, Declaration of Independence, Federalist Papers, yes. what else?
2: And all kinds of other just like small uh, documents and statements around the time of the founding, but going back much further to kind of give you the context for what America is, you know, not mm-hmm. only as a people, but as an idea and uh, and so it's uh, it's kind of a great little book it's quite handy
1: it's probably something that's pretty handy right now <laughs> it could that, be it could be <laughs> right now in the be state helpful. Of yeah. i mean it's helpful for me you know coming from a country with no mission statement so there's there no, you go. no mission statement. there's nothing there's no there's <laughs> no compelling reason for canada for your humor
0: is that what it is yeah, pretty something much. like that we produce comedians that's it okay comedians and toppings <laughs> toppings and molson <laughs> maple syrup <laughs>
2: That's right. <laughs> Aaron's like, yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if you like it. And not many do. No, no. they don't. No. I still see it no. out there. That's right. I see it. Yeah, right. I just see
0: it for that's the right. record. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's fine. That's good.
1: It's fine. Keep going.
0: And last, which is a uh, more interesting turn, too, hmm. is Lifted by Angels. Tell us about that. Because that's been, what, seven years
2: ago now? Six? Yeah. It's uh, been a while. Seven. I uh, – Just decided to write a book about angels one day when I realized I didn't really think very much about angels very often. And uh, I had uh, become Eastern Orthodox around that point. And there Mm -hmm. are lots of references to angels in and around Orthodoxy and the icons of the church and various hymns and prayers and and so on. And I just thought this is an area of my life that's completely – underserved and i just needed to kind of dig into it and so as i did uh, a book just kind of began emerging as happens when i think about anything long time um and uh so i wrote it and uh it's a short book it's um it just kind of treats the history of angels so to speak from uh the old testament period into uh modern life you know our daily life
0: okay all right, yeah, very cool. Yeah, gotta check it out, listeners. I know they're all uh, they they're, they really are all great books,
2: and they're all amusing mm-hmm. because I know <laughs> backstory
0: in some of them, but also they're it, great books.
2: You know, Harry Manx had a an album title called "Strictly Whatever." That's kind of like my publishing career, basically.
0: I mean, yeah. th- there's uh, there's not a uh,
2: a linear structure to developing these books, no, is there? No, <laughs> from narcotics to angels, no. you know, it's it's. Is, yeah. that, is that it your autobiography title right <laughs> <laughs> It could be. It could be. <laughs> okay. All right.
0: That's, uh, that's I'd read that. <laughs> oh. It'll be fun. Well, Joel, tell us a little bit about kind of how you develop your love for books. Because, again, like when we met, I certainly loved books then, but my love has certainly grown for it more. And mm-hmm. we would have long conversations about books. But what I always found fascinating was just kind of like a little bit of your story kind yeah. of growing up with books. Why don't you tell us a
2: little bit about that? Well, my dad's an English teacher and uh, my mom is a serious reader all on her own. So uh, growing up, uh, there was, you know, always everyone from Atticus Finch to uh, uh, Henri Poirot uh, vying for attention in our house. And uh, there was uh, books of all types, uh, economics. Uh, My dad read widely, um, reads widely, Uh, economics, theology, just like history, everything you can imagine, political science. Uh, along with all the stuff he was teaching in English class. I remember Mm -hmm. the first time I read um, To Kill a Mockingbird, it was from a copy I picked up just in the back of his car. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, I was just in and around books uh, in my immediate family, and my extended family was the same way in many ways. My grandpa Olson, my uh, maternal grandfather had a nice uh, little library and always had me looking stuff up if I ever had a question about anything. Um, And uh, he had the Google of the day, which was a bank of encyclopedias uh, that lived on my lap for a long time as I thumbed through them trying to understand the universe. And that kind of all cemented that interest in books uh, early on. Then I went on to work in bookstores So I worked, my first real job was at the Almost Perfect Bookstore, which was a fantastic used bookstore in Roseville, California that has since, sadly, uh, closed its doors.
0: Mm. So what made you want to work at a used store versus a new bookstore?
2: Well, uh, at that point, I had, uh, you know, I was a kid and I didn't have any money. And yeah. so I went there to buy books um, yeah. because they were cheaper. Yeah. Um, also, this was before big box retailers, really. And uh, the kind of like big chain stores had come to where I lived. So there was a Walden Books uh, across the street. Which
0: so it wasn't in a mall, the, it was on the outside, it was area. just okay. in the outside <laughs> area,
2: yeah, and uh, barely counted for anything, you know. Um, if you went there, yeah. you might find something interesting, you probably wouldn't.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, there's a reason why Walden's isn't around anymore, and <laughs> um, so I worked at the, at the used bookstore until Borders did, in fact, show up in my town, hmm. um, and they offered like a buck more an hour, and so. So I took their little employee quiz past and started working there. Oh. Strangely, though, I shelved video for, I don't know, like a year before, <laughs> before they finally let me that touch it. That was a books. big section, that video and music it was huge, was huge, huge right? Yeah, yeah, VHS. They had this yeah. ancient contraption, this ancient contraption Whoa. with like actual magnetic tape in it. Mm. And you could watch pictures and have sound and everything. You know, when are, when are the hipsters going to bring back VHS? because they're trying to bring years. back give them 10 years
1: they're it's trying to bring back a set yeah. right so yeah yeah
0: it, it really went away more in like the mid-90s i would say even though it was straggling you know i mean i still have vhs taped i don't have a player anymore so i need to get the stuff converted so good times yeah
2: uh, there you go yeah so that's kind of like how it all yeah. cemented for me okay yeah all
0: right so you you taught high school english
2: yeah or, okay yeah gotcha. and public speaking Debate that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. Did you have him as a teacher?
2: No. Um, interestingly, my dad was a public school teacher and never let me go to a public school. So wow. he uh, he made sure that I went to a private school my entire primary education. Funny. Yeah. That is really funny. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. You, I mean, was that a conversation or was that just assumed? Like this is the way it's going to go? I think
2: in I think in my freshman year. I decided I was definitely going to a public school and I was convinced that I could convince my dad. Yeah. And I think that conversation lasted about 19 seconds Mm. and ended up with me back at my private school the next day. So Mm -hmm. it didn't work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fast. And I'm grateful for it. It ended up being the kind of thing where in my senior year, I had already worked through the the curriculum was really flexible and uh, I was able to... Just kind of like jump through the curriculum that they had, and in, the, in the time that I had, and so my senior year, I was able to kind of goof around a lot, and I took a couple classes at the junior college, and it was fun. Nice. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Now, your dad did some desktop publishing, right? And yeah. So he was we, dabbling, and you guys were dabbling in pub- yeah, publishing.
2: Yeah. So we okay. we published a few books together. Um, we published a little book uh, called "God Gave Wine," which was uh, a book looking at all the biblical texts. On, on alcohol, basically. It was published huh. by Ken Gentry, who's a, a PCA pastor. I think okay. PCA or another Presbyterian, one of the many Presbyterian uh, pastors. Um, and then uh, we also – there was a little cult book in the floating around uh, the Reformed community uh, and in, uh, in Sacramento in particular at the time called Drinking with Calvin and Luther. <laughs> and it was a little self-published book by a Reformed pastor in Sacramento. And named and so, Jim West.
1: Oh, I was gonna. I was gonna hope for John Macarthur. No, definitely not John Macarthur.
2: Um, I think he might actually get slammed in that book. Uh, there's oh, a couple. Really? Of, yeah, there might be a, a direct shot at John Macarthur in that book. Um,
0: and your you, your dad was editing these. Yeah, so okay. he and I would would you edit did. those. That, and uh, that was and your first them. experience editing, like a yeah, book. Okay, yep, it was. Right. So
2: uh, we we came out with the definitive final version of Drinking with Calvin and Luther. Um, that nice. was a fun one. We did a few other ones, but in the meantime, uh, I had taken a job at WorldNet Daily, which is an online newspaper. And somewhere along the line, uh, Joe Farah, the founder and editor of Joe of, uh, of WorldNet Daily, decided that he wanted to do books. And I was excited about that. Conservative media was, you know, surging at that time. There was a lot of talk radio, all the areas and ways that you might. And this is like late nineties. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. yep. Uh, 98, 99. So 90, in ninety in 99, I went to, uh, I moved up to Oregon to work there. And uh, I was there right up until Nelson ended up picking up my check. And the the way that, that that's the publisher down yeah. the street that Dave was referring to <laughs> earlier. The way that worked was um, Joe Farah and Mike Hyatt, my now father-in-law, um, met and decided to create an imprint, uh, a co-publishing agra- uh, arrangement. And so they created W and D books, and Thomas mm-hmm. Nelson published the books, and we brought uh, the we brought the authors and the uh, and the editorial work on my end. So I did that, and at some point, uh, Joe called Mike and said, "Hey, uh, how about Joel shifts over to your guys's team?" And one day I got a call saying, hey, I think you're going to be moving over to their team. And I said, oh, awesome. And that meant moving to Nashville, which turned out to be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and that got me uh, at, that got me to Thomas Nelson. 04?
0: I'm trying to like. 03. O- October okay. of 03.
2: Okay. Gotcha. Because then it was a few years before I started there. Yeah. Okay, Gotcha. So that's how I got to Nelson. That's how I got into publishing. Yeah.
0: And so I remember by the time I was there, uh, Net Daily had evolved more or less into Nelson Current. Yeah, so correct? we rebranded the books.
2: The WD Books, I believe, still exists, but it's no longer mm-hmm. connected know, to Thomas different. Nelson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the break happened at that time. So. Um, we rebranded the Nelson side of it, rebranded as Nelson Current, mm-hmm. and I became the senior editor on that team. Yeah. Um, and then eventually the uh, through the one company initiative, which is inside yeah. baseball for anybody, really inside baseball for anybody listening to yeah. this. But Nelson consolidated all of its imprints, and uh, eventually I became the publisher of a group of the general interest mm-hmm. books, including the political books, yeah. and that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, because we started working together in Nelson Current. I remember that. So we were political books, and then I was part of yep. Yeah, that, stayed with you that way. So we published
2: uh, like Judge Napolitano, mm-hmm. Andrew P. <laughs> Napolitano, great guy, uh, Bill Bennett uh, mm-hmm. in that line, and a bunch of others.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I know you enjoyed working with both of them. Any, uh, I mean, any books in particular you love most that you published with them? Uh, or any authors, too. I don't think I've asked you this one. Like, which one's like, this is you so tricky I think about
2: this yeah. sometimes, and I loved working with all kinds of authors. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard to say. I mean, mm-hmm. every author has their own. I could tell you a few authors I really didn't like working with. Probably not worth doing. No. Um, <laughs> well, I want to know. But well, yeah, uh, yeah. Once I'll me- <laughs> tell you one we did. Uh, we published a book with Barry Minko, who ended up. You know, going to is this, jail. Is this down but not out or that first one. Oh before no. Before he went to jail. It wasn't the first one. It was the second one. <laughs> which, <laughs> so he went to jail once. We should have yes, we should have picked should've. up on that. Um and uh <laughs> and then he did another book and uh, which what we did and um uh man, that was a trip. But then he ended up down the road falling afoul of things again and yeah going back to Stony Lonesome. I, I remember that. We have a shady past,
0: Aaron. That's really yeah. listeners. This is this is really what it is. That's My true. history with Joel Miller is full of just drama. That's it. It, it def- was. It def- was drama. It was. Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: I mean, Barry's out, out again. Well, that's so. good news. He got yeah. he, he found got out six out? months ago. Is he right uh, according to Wikipedia? I'm happy okay. for him. Is he, yeah. Is he pastoring?
0: Uh, I, hope hope that <laughs> I hope not. he was blastering. I hope not. That's kind of why he went back to jail, well, I believe, right? Yeah, um, I think so.
2: He just had a trouble with funds. Yeah, you know? funds. He, knowing yeah he funds. He needed mm. money. And knowing and where they belonged. He yeah. Knew,
0: yeah, he knew where to find the money. I know. There's some.
1: That wasn't his. There's yeah. some other there pastors who maybe need to uh, ha-
2: deal with their problem with that, too. So. Man.
0: Mm, good times, right there. Mm, We'd say that a lot, Joel. Mm, good, good, times. Times. Good, good times. Good times. Yeah. Good
2: times normally meant not great times, but <laughs> yes.
1: you know, whatever. Are, yes. I'll, Ac- I'll, according I'll, to this, he is he is not back pastoring again. But there was a
2: uh, a movie that was made about. This, his his this whole is thing is an amazing fact that this happens. Featuring...
0: Did it happened before or after he was in jail.
1: Uh before, Joel. Before. before. Mm-hmm. gosh. Here's the thing that's amazing. Um so this is this is from Wikipedia. Prior to his twenty eleven <laughs> conviction Production began on a film detailing Barry Minkow's life and redemption. The film featuring Mark <laughs> Hamill, yep. Yep. among other actors, yeah, um, was partially James funded. Khan. James Conn. Yep. Uh, Talia Shire was in there too. Yeah. Ving Rames, Justin Baldoni. There were some players. Yeah. That's this it. was yeah, partly funded by donations that he solicited from his congregation. And he insisted on playing the middle-aged version of himself in the film as well. Man. So, following his arrest, the film was release w- release was canceled and work began on a new ending. The film, retitled Con Man from the original title Minko, was eventually <laughs> released in March 2018. Oh, so, I didn't know it was. Listeners, out. it sounds like something like Nick Cage's star in eventually. I'm, I'm he really like He'll be in the remake. He'll be in the remake. Yeah. But listeners, we have a challenge for you. We want you to find this movie. And send one copy to Dave. <laughs> On VHS. <laughs> VHS, Betamax, DVD. It does Beta. not matter. Betamax. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Whatever it is, send it to One Lifeway Plaza, Nashville, Tennessee, 37234. Wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Please don't put another cat book in there with it, please. I have enough. People walk what? into
0: my office and I display all the cat books that you all send. Yeah, Joel, Amazing. this is what happens. This is what I get out of this podcast. These cat listeners books. send me cat books. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not like great works of literature or anything like that. We, we've gotten a few really nice <laughs> gifts, but it's always cat books. I'm like, I get I'm Cat Lady Dave. I get it. I do have cats, some cats. You sure do are. cats
2: feature in any great works of literature?
0: What, no, uh, um, well uh no we've talked about this not necessarily only as but, villains villains sure um, cuz they are f- but, but but what we have talked about is there's lots of famous writers who have cats who love cats yeah, uh like I'll give you Hemingway that. and stuff like that yeah, now but these Hemingway people are all drunk. mentally
2: ill you know but that works it's, though with a cat right a dog mm. is too dependent That's on a sir the cat, cat's good for a dipsomaniac because you can kind of check in and out. That's right. You know, and the cat's okay. Okay, there's yeah, your, your quote <laughs> for the episode right there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Okay,
0: Thank we're you. done. Folks. All right, this is this is it. We Joel did it, guys. Just nailed it. That's really what this was all pointing towards. So <laughs> there you go. Oh my gosh! Wow. Oh, best I, episode I, ever. Thank I, you. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we we during that time we published a ton of just random. When you when you when you're free to play in all these genres, yeah. you publish books like Machine Gun Preacher, yeah, uh, which Sam was turned Childers. into a movie. Yes, yeah, yeah. Sam Childers, which was good actually. The book was great. Um, yeah. and uh, Weed Man. Which John, is a true story. Yeah. Jimmy, uh, uh, what I was, always think about your your character you never fully developed. but Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's it's a not, novel that I'll never finish. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Probably a good idea. No, but Weed Man was about a guy who discovers, a true story, discovers yeah. weed in the Bahamas and yep. decides to sell it. Yep. Right. Wow. And, John, uh, John
2: McCaslin wrote John that. John McCaslin, yes. And uh, <clears throat> it's, it's a fantastic true crime story. Um, you know, if you've read... What is it, Bruce Porter's uh blow? It's kind of in mm-hmm. that spirit. Yes.
0: Um, it can, yeah, because that was the thought. I remember talking yeah. about blow in particular. I yeah. thought like this is kind of something we'd hope would be that too. And it yeah. was a good book, no it's, doubt. It's a great,
2: great. it's a great little adventure yeah. story. But
0: it, my favorite is from the launch event in Washington, DC, which I was not at and I highly regret not being able to oh, go huh. in for it. Do you remember what happens? No, I'll, I don't. I'll share. Remember. I you're, was you're, there,
2: but I don't remember anything. You any- were there? <laughs> yeah, there. Oh,
0: all right. So here we go. I can't believe you remember that. How do you not remember once Well, maybe I this? was
2: at something else. You
0: may have been something else. Yeah, we did okay. like Clinton crack oh, there, was up lot, all the there was a December. lot of events. But all right. So Weed Man, this is at a local restaurant in D.C. And um, there's a very famous character who stumbles into the party, a, a famous actor, Who happened to be filming a movie in DC at the time? Uh, I was not there for this. Okay, you're not. You did not remember this one. I was gonna say it was none other than a very perhaps inebriated Owen Wilson who saw all these like posters for the book Weed Man and went in there interested. Of course so he crashes uh-huh. the party this is McCauslin telling me this and it's in like you search online go and look up weedman John McCauslin and book party Owen Wilson or something and you will find uh find this but uh, we'll put this in the show notes but but yeah he crashes the party and hangs out with him for a bit and takes off he realizes it is not. The weed party he thought it was. No. It was a celebration of Alas. a book launch. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, there was – yeah. To be clear, there was not weed distributed at that launch party sanctioned by a said publisher there. I'm, I'm um, glad that you yeah, clarified that
1: good. because it needed to happen. But it,
0: I can't remember <laughs> why I couldn't go in for it. But uh, – because it, it was it was meant to be more intimate, friends and family. It wasn't that like this big, it. like, media uh, thing. Although there were people in media because John yeah. he worked at the Washington Times. And um, – but that, that's still one of my – Most amusing ones I really wish I was there for. So, um, nevertheless, we could probably go on about those types of stories because there are plenty from that era. Is
2: there anything else you just uh, love most about that time? Uh, You know, after that time, I really enjoyed working with Larry Arn from uh, Hillsdale. We did a book on Churchill that Mm -hmm. was really great Churchill's Trial. I got to do a book with uh, Father Pat Reardon from Chicago called The Jesus We Missed, which is a really fantastic book on the humanity of Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I I got to touch and and work on so many projects over Mm -hmm. that period. Yeah, it was wonderful.
0: It was fun, yeah. What do you miss most about being in that type of role?
2: Uh, Just the total novelty and variety that publishing presents. You know, every day there's a new proposal from an agent or – just an author hoping that you'll actually read the email. Um, and sometimes they're like, they're awful ideas. Uh, and other times they're amazing ideas. Um, and and you just never know.
1: Thank you for finally addressing that email that I sent you all those
2: years yeah, ago. Well, yeah, well, it had to happen today. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. It's okay. Sorry, Aaron. Sorry. Right. Try again. Try again. It that's was a terrible saying. idea. So. Yeah. <laughs> it was just kind of like, you know, uh, a slot machine every day and cranking the lever and seeing what happens. And uh, the novelty of it was fun and stimulating. Okay. Yep. And then it was also fun in, a, in acquiring authors that, um, you know, need to break, should break, might break, and then in fact they do and you get them somehow before other people are paying attention. That was always fun. Yeah.
0: Too. What I loved working with you, you, Joel, was the fact that you also were really big on... Start with the idea and reverse engineer it of who's the best person to write, research yeah. it, and so on. Because I know there would be a
2: lot of… Sometimes that worked well. Sometimes, sometimes it, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. but,
0: but the reality is in publishing is you have to do a little bit of all of it to be able mm-hmm. to have the right mixture yeah. um, to be successful. Yeah. And I thought, like, that was always fun, seeing you kind of your head work and thinking, you know, like, okay, what topic A is interesting, B is worth developing… Won't get us in trouble, <laughs> you know. Uh, or might. Yeah, or might, or might. You which... always
2: want just enough trouble to get, uh, to get some media. Yeah. And especially in the days before social media was really driving anything, it was all about what can you get on talk radio for? Yes. And so you had to have something somewhat, if not highly controversial, to make that happen.
1: Yeah. So yeah. what was the, maybe you can't answer this, but what was oh, no. the most controversial and fun book you got to work on?
2: Oh, my goodness. The really controversial ones were rarely all that fun oh, okay. uh, when it all came down. We did a book called uh, King of Cons. This guy also went to jail. Um, <laughs> and
0: it, oh, good. He, he knows the theme here. Yeah. He, was,
2: he was intimately involved in fundraising for uh, all kinds of uh, political candidates, including Hillary Clinton and others. and uh, And he also happened to be basically scamming charities to make it work. What he would do is they'd have some you know, kind of semi-phony award. They would invite some celebrity to come get that award, and it was a charity function. And then all the money that went to the charity <laughs> – you know, it actually was a bigger pot than those people imagined. It actually went to pay for the award and the speaker to come and the whole thing. Mm. So there really wasn't any money left over for the charity or certainly not enough. And it ended up being just a lot of moving things around in order to make uh, make those kind of deals continue to happen. But the claim in the book, of course, was that there was a lot of uh, campaign finance impropriety And, uh, and that was why we had interest in it. And, uh, so we, we published the book, but I mean, I literally was editing that book while the guy was going to jail. Mm. Uh, so (laughs) that was controversial and, and, and eventually not fun. Um, you know, I was, I was getting, uh, like legal documents from his attorney. That was actually the manuscript that was, uh, literally printed on like, um, Court proceeding kind of like formatted like that. And I was like, you know, line editing Mm -hmm. in between uh, flights to this place or that place while hoping to see him uh you know in the visitation room and stuff like that. Yeah. It was night. It was a nightmare. I, I think that was
0: published right before I started working in that area. <laughs> no, I'm not making excuses. No. It's, <laughs> I had no, no you, but I do it's, remember It's what really I do, disappointment disappointment, but what that I do is I remember here. that I remember like, man, I remember thinking, what am I what have I walked into here? Yeah. You know, this place is a mess. But like then it was like, well everything's kind of like this. Yeah. Uh, but it was, yeah. it was it was it was always entertaining, interesting, certainly. Um I don't know. I, I, I loved it. I always think fondly at that time. And it was uh, at... Uh Always good for stories. And again, like the uh, listeners know this. Aaron certainly knows this. But, you know, my tell-all book comes out in about 20 years. You yeah, can yeah, pre-order yeah, now right. um, or you very have soon. Very so have to die first. Or, A few people have to die yeah. or kind of move on uh, or so on. But for the, but uh, I would like to uh, interview you and, and, and feature some stories from yeah. Bill Miller because there's deep, plenty. Deep background. Deep background. That's right. Deep background. I will that's have to right. go unnamed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you said before, uh you kind of alluded to the fact of becoming uh, Eastern Orthodox and yeah. uh, for for listeners, I uh I invite Joel, I was teaching church history a few years ago and we as we were going through great schism, we did uh, a uh, kind of a fun event, while well, all yeah. of the adult Sunday school. By it's the only time in, anybody thinks about us. <laughs> well, yeah. it was it was fascinating. Business. It really yeah. was. They and and Joel, you stole the show. Jim Thompson was very funny uh, too. Who was our Jim, Catholic representative? Jim's a riot. Jim yeah. was always funny. Mm. Yeah. And then we had uh, Scotty Smith representing yeah. the Protestant point of view, and uh, it was great. It was fascinating. But I mean, I learned a ton just on being Eastern Orthodox. And uh, but uh, tell us a little bit about that journey, and and I specifically. For those who don't know much about Eastern Orthodox, what would you tell them? Like, What's the best book to read
2: and to understand more about it? Um, well, okay, so the best I, – I mean, this is a, a slightly biased answer, but uh, and I'll tell you why it's biased in half a second. But the uh, I think the best book to read if you're really just coming in cold is uh, Welcome to the Orthodox Church by Frederica Matthews Green. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's slightly biased and – is i edited that book um really but the uh it's a really great uh introduction in that it it's not heavily slanted for somebody who might be very theologically you know uh, lean toward theology or something like that or history it's it's much more like if you went to an eastern orthodox church uh this is what the experience would be like and why you would experience the things you experienced um, which means it's really open to anybody, um, and I've, I think that's a really beautiful thing about that book. Yeah. Um, another, you know, kind of like standard introduction is Timothy Ware. He's he's a, a, a metropolitan in the in the Orthodox Church Kalistos, where um, but the book is published under his uh, his given name Timothy, and that's called uh, I think it's just the Orthodox Church. I mean, yeah. it's like you can find it, you know, on Amazon, obviously, but anywhere anywhere that. Uh, that might come up. Um, I would say, though, if you really want to get a taste of things or understand it, the best thing to do is go to a liturgy, um, go to a service. Um, don't go to just one; go to like three or four, and and just see. It's it's completely different than uh, a Western experience of Christianity, and I I think even even if you think about the way uh, that. The scripture is used, images are used, uh, uh, the music, everything is different, um, and so you can read about it, and that can be helpful. Um, but reading is is so one dimensional in this instance compared to the lived uh, experience. And I think just like walking through the door and being prepared to be to find things really strange uh, is great, and and just kind of sit through it as an observer and mm. see what you think very good all I want to know is how cool are the beards you know the beards uh, are sometimes even cooler than like this easy top level uh, mm, you know really depending on so they're down to your feet some of them no not, not no you, know what I mean? you can tuck them into your belt I mean they're like Gandalf <laughs> nice yeah okay like it. all right. No. Uh,
0: you ever tempted to uh, take that route, Joel? Never. Never? Okay. No. All right. There you go. I'm All also right. not
1: tempted to do You're that. You're not doing it? No, because, no, I mean, this is like th- three or four weeks yeah, of growing uh, Yeah, yeah you need to yeah. shave right now. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with my, uh, my peach
0: stubble. I love it. I love it. Yeah. No, that's cool. We'll uh Joel, one of the ways I've really enjoyed interacting, even though we're not able to see each other as much, is yeah. the fact of just talking books online. And I think yeah. that's, I know it's like we have talked a lot about books right now, but I also want you to tell, about, uh, talk, tell everyone a little bit about like, you've, you know, if you go to, is it, it's joeljmiller.com, right? Yeah. That's Joel's website. He's written a lot about books in general. Um, like the things you've written or posted on social media about libraries is fascinating. But like, yeah, tell me about, um, Kind of because I noticed like even though we'd always talked about books, you've written a lot more about books in general in the last yeah. few years. And tell me about that and kind of what you're learning.
2: Well, you know, when I became uh, an editor, I got in and then actually more particularly when I got promoted to publisher, the, you know, I was like really green. Um, I made all the mistakes uh, that you should make and a lot you shouldn't. And there was no school to learn how to be a publisher. You just kind of did it. And um, I was super green. And so I knew I needed help of some kind. And the best thing I knew to do at the time was to read like biographies and reflections of publishers to just see, like, how's a publisher supposed to think? What's a publisher supposed to do? And so I read Henry Regnery's autobiography and uh, William Jovanovich's memoir. And um, uh, Andre Schifrin, who's a, a leftist uh, publisher, um, really brilliant guy wrote a, a book, um, on the business of books, which I read, uh, and found fascinating. Um, and then I started, I, re- I read the, um, the letters of Max Perkins. Um, like there was just, that was kind of like my school on how to think about publishing was, you know, mostly old dead publishers, um, uh, old or dead, I guess it goes without saying that if you're dead, you're yeah. old. Um, so, That was what helped me uh, to do that. But then the more I read those kinds of books, the more I got interested in just the history of books themselves. And I didn't do much with this um, until recently. But really beginning in, say, 2012, 2013, I just started acquiring books about books and reading a lot of books about books. Mm -hmm. And the – So like –
0: I mean, like a Karen Swalper on reading well, as we've had around the show, sure. like that yep. type, that type yep. and along that line.
2: Yep. And then book history. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, like uh, going into the origins of the codex or um, the printing press and what were the impacts of the printing press and mm-hmm. all those kinds of things. Um, and as the as my reading and that began to grow, um I uh, I decided I wanted to do a book on that topic, and so I really started going in earnest on that. And so mm-hmm. um, I will eventually finish a book about books um, myself. Um, mm. You know, with five kids, uh, it's a little slow in coming. Yeah. But uh, that was kind of it. How that you know that's 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 yeah. where the interest is coming from.
0: Okay, what about libraries in particular? Because I knew yeah we you and I went back and forth on that at one point just about your love for libraries and just what. You know, I think, libraries have had a bit of a resurg- resurgence, you know, post-recession. Yeah. It's been fascinating because people kind of like, oh, wait, I don't have to buy the book. I can actually, like, all these books are down the street. It's,
2: it's really just funny don't. how commodified uh, books are, like post-Amazon. Um, like when I research, I rarely go to libraries actually to research because I'm a little annoyed that I can't keep the book. So I usually just buy it and I'm really grateful that they're, you know, used sellers on Amazon. So I buy an awful lot of used books from Amazon. Mm -hmm. I'm always surprised what passes for somebody's appreciation of very good or good or acceptable or whatever. I get a lot of books that are like new that are actually like crap, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's kind of, that's kind of like a complaint to take up with Amazon's customer service at some point in the meantime, um, (laughs) libraries are fascinating. Uh, humans have been collecting books ever since there have been books. And it's, it's an interesting thing to think about the fact that there really is no such thing as one book. Um, if you have a book, you're going to think about that book. You're going to argue with that book. You're going to probably have to write a book in response to that book. So books kind of like give birth to more books. And they always have from like, you know, from long before Ashurbanipal was busy raiding Babylon to steal more books for his library in Assyria. Um, People like accumulate books. And the reason they accumulate books is that libraries work like idea machines. A single book by itself is useful for thinking Um, but it's not the same as what multiple books can be and multiple books end up creating like a matrix of ideas that stimulate more ideas. And so there's almost a compounding effect of thought that happens because libraries exist and we get to participate those, you know, and if you're, if your city has a library, you can participate in some version of that for free whenever you want, which mm-hmm. is like an astonishing thing to think about.
0: I'm finishing up a book I got from the library right now. And these are ones I mean, like you order them in the same way you would anything else. But um, uh, there's a lot of uh, you, you say commoditized. Absolutely. Like books effective but what Amazon does. We're these like, it's kind of a widget out there. What do you do with it? And, I don't know. There's a lot of books we love. We buy a lot of books at used bookstores. Out, You know, we talk a lot about that. Yeah. But also, um, I buy a lot of new ones too. But mm-hmm. um, we're all very price conscious. Yeah. Um, because the library is always there. And, it, you know. It is. But it's like this decision tree. I'm like, okay, do I want to try this out on the library first and if I love it? Then I'm going to get a physical book because I want to keep it for reference or something like that. We talk a lot about that, which yeah. is fascinating. It's a couple of fiction ones I'll, I'll, I'll tell you as I share about what I've been reading. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, but, Like, I think it's fascinating. My, my view of the library, I use it significantly more in the past 10 years than huh. I did ever yeah. in my life. That's partly because I didn't really become a reader until my early 20s, but so I just discovered things in different ways. Yeah. But the readers are great to a lot of people think, like, well, you're not selling books if you're, you know, as working as a publisher, right. like, you know, right. you're not selling books if it's, uh, you know, the game for the library. Like, no, the library buys lots of books, they do that, first yep. of all, but also. What happens is they do exactly what I'm doing. It's like, well, you get interested and you realize, well, I want this on my shelf now at this point. Yep. And so,
2: but it For also- Publishers' libraries are like discoverability, <clears throat> you know, mechanisms, really. Abso- absolutely. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And it's like some of the best marketing, you know, that yeah. you can have out there because of that. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, if a certain book is, you know, the wait list, the wait list is, you know, more than about three weeks, it's like, I'm just going to go buy it right. yeah. instead. And that works really great. And (laughs) and
2: as as physical bookstores have declined in number, you know, there's not really that many quote unquote showrooms for books anymore. Mm -hmm. So I mean you're left with like reading, you know, seeing a thumbnail on Amazon and like trying to look through a few pages of their PDF or whatever and Mm -hmm. um, that's not very satisfying. Especially when you can like thumb through the whole thing at a library. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. and like it's not going to say pages sixty through you know one hundred and twenty are not available for reading right now. Right. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah,
1: yeah, you can sit and if you really if you're really sneaky about it, read the whole thing. I guess you could. Yeah. Yeah. People yeah. have done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Joel, this has been fun,
1: man. Yeah. This is great. Yeah.
0: As you used to say. Uh, I'm jazzed. Super yeah. jazzed. Super jazzed. very good. <laughs> Super jazzed to have you on. Yeah.
1: Um, okay. Nice. All right.
0: So, All right. Joel, we, we mentioned kind of beforehand that uh, we want you to think about our favorite topic,
1: which is... The Jack Reacher Sucker Punch of the Week. Uh, oh, my gosh. So so this
0: yeah. is, I know. This is your, your chance to get back at this that is one catharsis. author, that one character, that one person, but you get the honorary punch this week for us. That's right. I don't you know? really
2: have... Uh, like an, anybody I want to get back at. Okay. Um, I don't bear grudges. Uh, well, it's very sensible um, of you. We're working yeah, with on fictional that. characters or? No, not even with fictional okay, characters. Wow. I understand that fictional um, characters really have no control over their behavior. Um, really? Okay. I'm pretty sure they don't. Okay. Um, they can all point back to somebody else that's truly responsible. Mm-hmm. I do have a beef though with an author um, that I thought might, m- might be worth mentioning. Um, Always. I love Malcolm Gladwell. I love Malcolm Gladwell enough to complain about Malcolm Gladwell in this moment. And what I, what I want to complain about is Talking to Strangers. Um, that's a disorganized mess of a book. And it's kind of like his methodology. It, 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 we all get it. It's really actually quite enjoyable to read. Uh, when he does it well, like Blink, to, to my mind, Blink is the best version of Malcolm Gladwell. Okay. Um, that's a brilliant book. Um, it's a great read. Do you I should not say, like tipping point or
0: tipping point's uh, great too. Good too yep. but blink has been yep. your favorite. Yeah, okay,
2: blink. Right. Blink to my mind hits yeah. hits it just right. This book felt like uh, like he didn't. He never quite landed on what he wanted to say, and so he kind of said too much and and said it quite randomly. And it felt very self indulgent at the same time in the way he approached it and just slightly undisciplined. Now I say felt that way because I have no idea what he's thinking. But I will say that, uh, cause he might have like some, you know, method to the madness. Um,
1: Malcolm, I, you're still welcome on the podcast, by the like. no, way. Anytime. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying, yeah, just, I'm uh, trying to, to just, mess no, we're, up for you we we're gonna yeah. try and get him on for a counterpoint. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. Okay.
2: Well, here's yeah. what I want to say that is the love-hate part of this. The love part of it is that if you're interested in the concern about police violence, uh, particularly towards racial minorities, um, A lot of folks would never listen to somebody talk about that topic, but they will listen to Malcolm Gladwell talk about that topic because he happens to be covering it in the scope of that book. And his approach to that topic is really solid and worth listening to. And so to my mind, despite the fact that it's a disorganized mess of a book, it's a virtuous and good book. And so my sucker punch is really not quite a sucker punch, but I just wish he had tightened it up a little. The editor in me cries when I see it.
0: Right. Well, I mean, I think its most successful piece has been the audiobook, which is fast, you know, because it's, you know, which which isn't like a long podcast. Yeah. Well, or or like I said, or just multiple episodes, you know, strung together that don't always connect, which is how we complained about some of his last few seasons have struggled to do as well. So you're like, okay, but this is a book. It has a different purpose than what a podcast is. And I listened to the audiobook. I do not have the print book. I did not read it that way. Um, But I, I, I could sense that even as
2: an editor, to audiobook. I needed to like reach through and grab the computer away from him and fix things. But I couldn't. <laughs> yeah.
1: Has he has he reached that stage as an author where people are just afraid to edit him? I don't know. That does
2: happen, though. Yeah, it does. I it mean, definitely I, happens. I felt
1: like that happened with uh, J.K. Rowling uh, around book four of the Harry Potter series. Um, when, when it started getting close to about a thousand pages of book, it's like, yeah. okay, no one's telling you no, and no one's telling you to trim some fat here. Yeah.
2: And yeah. that's still a problem. Yeah. It's yeah. a disservice to readers. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think as an editor, the one thing that I've really taken the heart over the years is your job is to not only represent the best version of this book or help create the best version of this book or get to the best version of this book. But it's also to save the readers, you know, like burning some extra calories if they don't hmm. need to, on like a clunky sentence or a chapter that didn't need to be there or whatever, and uh, and I just felt like the editor might have gone to lunch early or something. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, that's right.
1: Okay, that's right. That's good. So, Dave, that's that's the mission. Is uh, is that is that it right let's, there? Let's cut down those page counts. Thank you very yeah.
0: much. Uh, <laughs> one last question: Do you find it difficult just to read a book without thinking about editing it?
1: All the time.
2: Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I
1: read a lot, yeah.
2: and I critique I all along mm-hmm. the way. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, right.
1: I'm not even professionally an editor, and I edit books while I'm okay. Yeah. While I'm writing, uh, it's a bit of a curse, yeah. honestly. It, it is. It yeah. is because you're thinking about it. Like, why yeah. did you say it this way? <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> Or why did you put this here at all? Yeah, um, you need to. Here's be, what I love yeah. though: when I have that instinct and I see it, and I'm like, I'm. I, I'm griping about it or I'm underlining it or whatever. And then I realize there actually was a reason. And then I get schooled by the author because it turned out it was brilliant. It was just waiting for some kind of resolution a few pages down. Right. Okay. Yeah.
1: Tell. Give me, can you give me an example? Because I haven't had that experience uh, yet. Are you thinking fiction or nonfiction yet. or
2: both? Uh, mostly fiction in okay. that case. Yeah. I mm-hmm. couldn't actually give you an example oh, off the top no. of my head. I wish I could. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm. You need to be the village idiot like me and just enjoy the
0: book for what it is. So. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> uh, it's like Rise of Skywalker, you guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: hey, I enjoyed it, man. All hey, right. I, I did. Mean, okay, I had fun. I did. Yeah, I had fun. But from a storytelling perspective, hot garbage.
0: <laughs> that's his. That's yeah. Just wow. let, let him go. All yeah, right. Let him go with it. Yep. It yeah. was enjoyable. It, it was, was fun. Fun. <laughs> I am enjoyable. I enjoyed it. Was, it was fun. <clears throat> but I knew it was I was forgettable. I I knew I would not be satisfied yeah. ultimately, so I went in yeah. with very mild expectations, and thus I could yeah. just enjoy it and yeah. realize, so okay, you get to say bye to some I, friends. I gotta go. I gotta mm-hmm. go. Hot
1: take here now. Um, it actually convinced me that Last Jedi is the best of that that sequel trilogy. Whoa, really? Really? Okay. Because it, although it had serious, like it had storytelling problems. I need to rewatch it. Like, I've only watched it once. I've okay. seen it now, like four times. Okay. Total. Okay. Um, so it's one of the one of the films I've watched the least of the of okay. the Star Wars. Films. But I mean really all of the sequel ones I haven't watched a ton. Yeah. Um Force it was fine. It was fine. Um, it was fun. It was I had very low expectations going into it. I just wanted a fun ride and I got yeah. that. And so it was cool. Um, that's generally what I try to do with every movie I go into by the way yeah. is I'm just going for that's a healthy. fun time. That's healthy. Um it keeps me sane. Yeah. Um and not cosplaying. So um
2: yeah. <laughs> I, my take on the whole Star Wars thing is all of them are basically worthless except Solo, which is the great the great Star Western. The movie mm, uh, yeah. the movie. Bold.
0: Oh I
1: haven't seen it's the wow. one I haven't seen yeah. really. The one that yeah. the one that okay. is the
2: box the, office bomb. Yeah. Right. I'm telling you, it's a hidden gem. It's like it's so a western. Okay, I just haven't. It's a spaghetti western yeah. in space, and <laughs> it it's, was fun. It's really great. It was okay. fun. I will watch um, it. Right. It was you dumb, but it was fun. Oh, you know, it's dumb. Okay. I mean, dumb, dumb. goes without saying. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: the Mandalorian on Disney Plus though is <laughs> a fantastic <laughs> western. Yeah, it is so good. Okay, and it it just follows the 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 structure of kind of like a little more the the older serials. Yeah. really well, like right down to the middle parts where um, so going back to that the thing we were talking about with books and yeah. where it's like something pays off. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was watching people comment on like, what was this episode for? What was the point of this? And then it all comes together yeah. in the last two episodes. And, and it's happens. like, nice. So this means you're going to get Lonesome
0: Dove another chance?
1: I'm still working. <laughs> it. I'm working on it. He's struggling. I'm working this. on it. I'm yeah. on like page 53 now. Uh-oh. Um, page 53 is basically the same like, as just starting. Yeah, I know. I know. But yeah. I'm like. And, I mean, it, we're going to trans- have to transition I, to what we're reading now. I know. But, uh, oh, okay. I, know. I, I stand by the, the,
0: the fact that, like, you got to read it at the right time for you. Like, I still right. would enjoy have enjoyed it more if I weren't so busy right. during that time. And, actually. I
1: mean, I, I, I have the same issue with, and I've heard that with, with <laughs> some other books, like um, Tim Keller is a good example yeah. of this. I really enjoy his writing. I could not finish. Um, I could barely start his uh, Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering. Yeah. Um, what I read was good. But it just was like I just can't read this. Well, yeah. some books and are not not for that time, you know. Right, exactly, or, yeah. or maybe ever. Yeah, you know? yeah, for you. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you there. That's right. That's right. that's what I assume when people don't read my books. So it's, it's <laughs> not that's, the right time for them. That's exactly what I assume as on, well. Come on, man. About mine? Wow. How yeah. about He's, mine? But yours <laughs> too. Really. Okay.
2: All right. In hope, really. All right. There we go. Come there on, go. man. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling
0: <laughs> epic. I'm feeling some devotional doctrine right you know, now.
2: Uh, feeling all of it that's right epic uh, devotions
1: epic devotions I know. Uh, epic, epic's got some decent reviews no, now it's good um, it is good oh, yeah. I like it it is good my kids like it too which is which is no, a big win because so it's a does, book for kids so does person. one of my daughters
0: not that the other one doesn't like it just has not that's fine wanted to go into it alright you know, sorry okay. Right? it's okay you got one winner out of it's it. okay
1: that's yeah it. you have to you have to wrestle okay. it away from her at bedtime and, okay that's true it and that's a very win. true yeah that's a win so there we go what are you reading Man, well, I am reading. reading (laughs) What what 10 things am I reading right now? So um, I'm actually only down to, um, well, I've got a few things that are just kind of like slow burn on the go. One of those is still attempting to get through Lonesome Dove. I may just put it on hold for a few months and start over again. That's acceptable. Um, I am making my way through. Uh, the first of the Longmire Mysteries uh, by Craig Johnson, still. We,
0: uh, the we, Cold Dish. We had Andrew Sing on and mm-hmm. we talked about Westerns the whole time. Yeah. So we were like, you know what? We were yeah. into Westerns, but Westerns have influenced so many other genres yeah. like, like yeah. Star Wars
2: and so I mean, on that you're like. Westerns I mean, are the great American mythology. Right. You know? right. We have and monsters and we have cowboys. Isn't it funny? It involves a lot of death. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love and America. So, so yeah.
1: I got... Um, I got the first four books in the Longmire series Mm -hmm. um, in a box set for like 20 bucks around around Black Friday. And so I was really happy about that because that's a great deal. So I went, I... Started reading one while I was on vacation over Christmas, and it's been really, really fun. I've been reading like three or four other things at the same time, so it's kind of like my little nighttime mm-hmm. chill out book, murder mystery. So, um, because apparently I'm weird, so but it's lots of fun. I'll let you know when I'm done. The other thing that I am reading on my commute, um, which is an audiobook, so, um, so take that for what it is. Uh, it is range by David Epstein oh, yeah why, why generalists triumph in a specialized world um, and so it's it's just been kind of neat to see like someone trying to provide a counterpoint to the um, the mythology of you know 10,000 hours and and things like this and um, speaking of
2: Malcolm Gladwell. Mm-hmm. There's that,
1: um, <laughs> yep, um, and and just saying like no, actually there it's it's a little more nuanced than than we might think it is that it's not just you know get really hyper focused on one thing and do ten thousand hours of that and be brilliant. It's like no, get di- be diverse in your interests, try lots of different things, experiment, play that inspires creativity, right. and, which then allows you to do more things, um, and that's kind of nice for me because. Um, I bounce around from thing from thing to thing a lot. And what I tend to do is, is if I don't know how to do something, I go and I teach myself how to do it. Mm-hmm. So I started a yeah. podcast without knowing how to edit a podcast and then I learned how to do it. I, for fun, started learning how to do video editing just to do it. Um, I had never written a book, so I wrote one. I had never written a movie, so I wrote two. Um, <laughs> these are the kind of things that I do for fun, yeah. and it's weird. So, um, and then I cook on my spare time. You're an enjoyable nerd. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate, I appreciate you. that.
0: Yeah. All right. That'd be 2020 right there. Well, thank you. Yeah. All right. What are you guys reading? Can I spoil a book? Uh, Is that acceptable? Sure. It was only published a few months ago. Sure. It's fine. Okay. It's Stephen Pressfield's 36 Righteous Men. Okay. Um, which it's, you know, it's an old Jew- Jewish legend. Mm-hmm. Uh, you like Pressfield at I, all? I've never read okay. any
2: more than... Uh, like Art of War. Yeah, the Art yeah, of War. The, the no, no, break. no, not the Art of War.
0: The Art of War. Art. War of Art. War of Art.
2: Where Andy did the One work. of those Why, books. Yeah, he
0: did, yeah, the string them. But nevertheless, no, I mean, I love his, his fiction and nonfiction. It's great. But uh, so this one, um, I, I'm i not going to tell you really what the book's about. I'm just going to say, here's here's kind of, it's like, even though it has nothing to do with Die Hard, I'm going to use this illustration. It, it is as I'll if I like it already. It is as if it the, the 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 story is essentially Die Hard, except at the ending. You know, in the end of Die Hard, when um, two things okay, Hans Gruber is still killed in Pressfield's story. Okay, good. Okay, but you know, at the end, when they're out walking outside, everything seems fine. And and then the blonde-haired uh, guy, yeah. you know, uh, kind Carl. of emerges Carl. Yeah, thank you, and he's got his weapon. Yeah, it's then he kills everyone. Yeah, and movie ends right there. Wow. Okay. Hmm. Yupikaya. Now, yip, exactly. <laughs> no, but like that—that's it right there. I encourage you to read that. That was great. It was fascinating. It's. Uh, it was uh I mean it's Pressville, so it's well written. There it's very know. fast paced. It was it was good candy over the holidays. Nice. And uh You read that over Christmas? Uh yeah, and when you look it's up It's a little dark. It you no, know, and it's very dark. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the description shares a bit like yeah, because yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to reveal too much, but it is worth reading though. All right, uh, mm-hmm. but the ending is yeah, it's, it's an it's apocalyptic a, wow, thriller. Okay, you just did that because you wanted to do that, wow. Stephen Pressfield, just because you're like I'm Stephen Pressfield, I can do what I want. I'm not going to give you the <laughs> ending that you so think <laughs> should happen. Yeah, wow, that.
1: there you go. I like it already. I know. There we so, go. Uh, I want to read others, that now. But I'm going to leave you that. Yeah, no, nice.
0: it, it, oh, it'll take you. A day. Yeah, that's A day and, and a half. Three. Cool. It's easy. All right. All right. Anything else you want to share? Is that good, Joel? No, that's good. All right. Yeah. All right. This was fun. Yeah, this was Joel, a great time, well, thank Joel. You. Thanks for hanging yeah, out with us. great.
1: Yeah. Dave, thanks for hanging out as always. I'm here. All right. All right. So listeners, thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, and even if you didn't, really, um, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show, um, mostly because it'll make us feel better. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you later. Bye.